0: Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy, the podcast that empowers you to transform life's challenges into opportunities for personal growth and healthier relationships. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts.
1: As experienced therapists with backgrounds in addressing trauma and mental health disorders, we believe there is hope and there certainly is healing.
0: We've spent our lives supporting people through the ups and downs, and we want to share these insights with you. Together, we'll unravel the layers of personal growth healing from trauma, and building healthy relationships. Each week, we'll bring you engaging conversations, expert insights, and practical strategies to help you heal from the past, foster healthy communication, and develop enduring love.
1: This podcast is your guide to transforming adversity into triumph, healing wounds and past trauma, gaining wisdom and insight, and creating meaningful, fulfilling connections. So if you're here to heal, to better understand yourself or your relationships, you're in the right place. So sit back, get comfortable,
0: bring your trauma and your drama,
1: and let's start
0: healing. Welcome Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. We're very excited to have you here with us today. What we're going to be discussing today is overwhelm. Now, I think this is something that a lot of people talk frequently about, and it's become a common part of the vernacular. But we want to dive a little bit deeper into it and really understand what's going on with people who are in a state of overwhelm. Now, before we get into that, what we want to do is we want to let you guys know that Ruth and I have started a coaching business so that we can reach out and work with any of our listeners all around the world. So if you guys are interested or you yourselves are feeling like you're stuck in this overwhelm and it doesn't seem to matter how much you take off of your plate, that you're still struggling, set up a time with either Ruth or I and we can help you guys work through that. All right, so let's dive right in. So when Ruth and I were discussing what we wanted to talk about today, we thought about this idea of overwhelm and about how it has really become such a normal part of people's vernacular. And I think even just the concept of being overwhelmed or being overly busy or being overly stressed out has just become a normal thing for people. And I think over time, they've just kind of come to accept this is just how life is. You're just going to walk around all the time and you're going to be feeling overwhelmed and stressed out.
1: Yeah, when you think about conversations that you had where you just check in on people and say, hey, how are you doing? A lot of times the answer is busy. I'm just so busy. But if you continue to talk to them about it, they'll follow up with all the things that they're doing and then they just say, I just feel so overwhelmed. And there's a lot of different reasons why we can feel overwhelmed. Sometimes I think it is circumstantial and it is just a life situation that is happening right now. Maybe there's a medical concern or something going on with family, and it truly is just a situation that's happening. But I think the issue lies when it becomes just a normal part of your life. And with the busyness around us, it really is a normal part of our culture.
0: Yeah, and I think there's so many different things that we can look at where your body is sending you different signals. It's giving you warnings. So if you feel like you're hungry, you feel the sensation in your stomach, that's your body giving you a warning. Hey, it's time to start looking for some food. Or if your mouth is dry, hey, I should be drinking some water at this time. Or you let off a big yawn and it's getting later in the evening. Hey, your body's telling you it's time to go to sleep. But I think when it comes to this idea of overwhelm, I think a lot of times people ignore this warning sign that your body's giving you. They just look at it and say, well, that's just life, say la vie, as opposed to thinking, hey, this isn't really how I want to feel. There's something wrong here. I should try to take some level of action to try to correct this feeling or sensation that I'm getting right now.
1: Yeah, and I think people will continue with that thought and just have this kind of future thinking of, well, once this sports activity is done, or once I have time enough to declutter my house, or once I do this, then I won't feel as overwhelmed. But the thing is, life happens and things just keep coming up. And it takes intentionality to truly slow things down and get into different systems and rhythms and set things up very intentionally to not get sucked back into this feeling of
0: overwhelm. And I think that's an important aspect of this is life is going to kind of keep coming at you. And if you haven't set up your life in a certain way where it's more manageable or where you have figured out processes to help streamline different things, then it is going to be a frustrating thing. I think even just before we got on here today, you had mentioned how your desk was clean. And then I just put some papers on your desk and you're like, oh, man, I just had my desk clean and now there's papers on that. But then you said, well, that's just life. It kind of keeps on coming. And just this acknowledgement that life is going to keep coming at you, you're probably not really going to just end up getting to a place where it's like, oh, this is an easy stride. There's not really a problem, especially if you haven't taken any level of effort to try to make it more manageable for yourself.
1: Right. So it's really important that today, as we're talking about this feeling of overwhelm, that we emphasize that it's not something that we really want to normalize as, oh, that's totally okay. And like I said, if it's once in a while, then that's understandable. But when you get to this point where you are constantly feeling overwhelmed, you really want to stop and begin to look at what might this be telling me? What could this be a red flag for? So today we're going to talk about that feeling of overwhelm And what that might be a symptom of or what that might be warning you
0: of. So the first thing is feeling overloaded. So it's a sense of having too much to handle both mentally and physically. And I think it's important to define these different aspects of what overwhelm could be because it's a term that I think can cover a lot of different things. But when you just have too much things on your plate, you literally have taken on too much, then you just get this feeling of overload like i don't know what to do i can't even organize this or there's not really a solution to this problem and this is something i've run into a lot with clients where i'm talking about like hey you guys need to get away and you need to have a little bit of couple time where you guys are working on your relationship and i'll have people tell me they're like we literally don't have any time to do that and then i'll say then you must have too much on your plate you have to be able to take some things off of your plate in order to be able to spend some time with each other otherwise their schedule is just way too overloaded with things
1: The next area that overwhelm can be warning you of is emotional stress. These intense feelings of anxiety, stress, or being emotionally drained. We're all going to experience that over time. That is just part of life, right? Things are going to come our way and we're going to have to figure it out. And that could cause stress and anxiety. But if you haven't already listened to one of our early episodes on the emotional Richter scale, that's a great episode to listen to in regards to this emotional stress because some things that don't normally bother us when we begin to feel overwhelmed the littlest things really can cause that tipping point and something that you would normally be totally okay with or be able to brush off when you have so much on your plate all of that is compounded and you feel this exponential level of stress that causes you to sometimes explode sometimes break down Or sometimes just have this constant feeling of overwhelm.
0: And I do think that, you know, you might be in a situation that is just on its face stressful. But just because that situation on its face is stressful doesn't mean that it's okay to just sit there in the stress. You should be doing something to try to manage that stress. Go out for a walk or you should journal or you should talk to a friend or your counselor or something along those lines. Because, again, it may be reasonable that you're stressed out but it's not okay to just let yourself stay there. You need to work at managing that stress or addressing the situation that is stressing you out. Another thing that you can really struggle with if you are in a state of overwhelm is an inability to focus. It can make it difficult to concentrate on tasks that you're doing. And when you're not able to really focus on your tasks, what that then causes you to do is spend extra time trying to solve that problem or extra time trying to finish that project that you're working on which then compounds the feeling of overwhelm versus if you are able to focus better, you could get that task done much more quickly. And so it is a situation where if you are in that state of overwhelmed and not able to focus, that it actually makes it more likely that you're going to stay in that state of overwhelm.
1: And this makes me think of the idea of multitasking, where they're showing that multitasking really is task switching. And so when we feel overwhelmed, And now we have a bunch of things to do. We have all these excessive demands and pressures that we have to get done. We try to do multiple things at once. And really, we're wasting time doing that or not doing any of them very well.
0: And I think uh, part of the problem when you do that task switching is it's having multiple irons in the fire at one time. And so nothing is closed out. Nothing is resolved. And so all of those are demanding a certain amount of attention from you whether you're actually working on it or not, versus if you really were able to not multitask or not task switch, but you're able to really focus in on one of your activities and you're able to close the door on that one. Hey, I finished this one. This is done. Then it allows your brain to release that. And then you get a dopamine hit on top of that because you're pleased with being able to have finished that one thing. And so even if you focus versus doing the task switching, You may still have the same amount of work you have to do, but because it's one less thing you have to think of overall, it's less emotionally stressful. But then on top of it, you get the additional benefit of, oh, this task is done and you feel accomplished for it, as opposed to, hey, I got these five things to do. They're all halfway done, and none of them are done to completion.
1: A lot of what we're talking about today is really a cycle. These things may be causing overwhelm, But also, once you're overwhelmed, it may be causing these things. So when we look at the next red flag, it really is physical symptoms. And this may include fatigue, headache, nausea, stomach aches. You have rapid heart rate. You have difficulty breathing. All of these things can be red flags really telling you to slow down, that you're moving too fast. Something is wrong. And just like we don't want to normalize being busy or overwhelmed, You don't want to just normalize those physical symptoms and brush them to the side because unless you really figure out what's going on, the likelihood of it just going away isn't high. But then that psycho happens where then you have these symptoms and then it causes you to not be as productive because you have all these things that you have to get done, but now you're not feeling great and you're feeling exhausted or you have a headache and so now you have to go lay down and so that overwhelm begins to pile up. So a lot of these are very cyclical.
0: Now, one of the things that I think is important for people to understand is that you can be overwhelmed. But I think what the majority of people are saying when they're overwhelmed is it's actually they're using it as a polite way to say that they're anxious or they're struggling with anxiety. And when you think about the physical symptoms that happen when you're anxious and even just the emotions you get when you're feeling overwhelmed, there's a ton of overlap here. But I think it's an easier way for us to say it to a friend or even for ourselves, we might be minimizing our own emotional struggles by labeling it as overwhelm as opposed to anxiety because it doesn't feel quite as intense. But the thing is, just labeling it something nicer doesn't mean that it's any less intense. And so one of the things that I think is important to know, too, especially if you have felt overwhelmed, you felt like, man, I've got so much on my plate, and then you've worked at reducing things on your plate, you have delegated things to people Or you have just cut things out of your life, and it really hasn't made much of a difference. You're still just feeling this sense of overwhelm. You're feeling like, man, it doesn't seem to matter how much I just reduce it by. I just still feel like I'm struggling or I'm anxious. What that means is that you really have this underlying emotional condition that's going on that it's not really about how much stuff you have to do. It's more about like, I'm struggling with anxiety. I have some unresolved emotional issues or some unresolved emotional traumas that are causing me to always just kind of be sitting or feeling like I'm on edge.
1: Yeah, and I think it's not always that idea of a polite way to say anxiety, because a lot of people don't even recognize that that could be anxiety for them. Because when you're feeling overwhelmed, it could be you're anxious about getting everything done, and it might not reach the level of clinical anxiety. But you are feeling nervous or anxious about everything that is on your plate and how are you going to take care of it.
0: Now, another thing that you can struggle with if you're feeling overwhelmed or anxious is neglecting your self-care. Now, I think what happens with this is you feel like you're behind on things. And so then you don't want to like sit down or kick your feet up or rest or have fun because you're like, I got so much to do. But a part of it is when you are always putting your nose to the grindstone, you get what's called diminishing returns meaning you put more and more effort into something, but you get less and less production out of that effort. So at a certain point, you do have to just kind of stop and allow yourself to rest and relax in order to be able to then get back after it, but then get back after it with 100% effort versus limping along at 10% effort. And so this is a emotional struggle, I think, for a lot of people to be able to rest and to relax in order to combat their feeling of overwhelm or anxiety. But it is something that's a necessary thing to be able to do, to be able to sharpen that act so you can go back after that activity and have it not be as difficult and then just kind of cut through all the stuff you have to do with a lot more ease.
1: And another aspect of this is social withdrawal, that a lot of times you have a tendency to isolate yourself from social interactions or social responsibility once you feel overwhelmed. This may be because then you feel like, oh, I don't have time for this. I don't have time to see people. Or it may be that you're so exhausted and you don't want to see people at the end of the day. And then you begin to feel all the other effects of not having social support. And then that causes you more overwhelm, which is the cycle that we're talking about. There are times when it certainly is okay to not be social and not be around people. But you have to know yourself and you have to know when it turns from, you know what, I just don't feel like it, to now I'm beginning to isolate. And really being around people or really having that social support would benefit me and be helpful right now. And it doesn't have to be a social party or social engagement. It could be one friend that you call and you talk to, or you go and have coffee with them, or you're texting back and forth. But it's engaging with someone else, so you're not carrying this burden all by yourself.
0: Or it could even be just the support of having them there not needing to talk about it, but just, hey, just come over, let's watch a movie so that I have somebody else here with me. And the last thing we're going to talk about for this episode is that overwhelm can impair your judgment. And the reason why this is is because the more emotionally you are about things, the more likely you are to make poor decisions. And what really happens is that your logical parts of your brain start to shut down when you get emotional. And so it makes it harder for you to make good or healthy decisions. So I remember early on in our counseling career, Ruth and I, we used to run grief recovery groups. And one of the things that you would always talk to people who were grieving was, make sure you don't make any big decisions in the next six months. If your spouse died, don't sell the house, don't throw away all their stuff, don't do anything. Just give it time to simmer and to wait. And the reason for that is because you don't want them to make an emotional decision that then they can't retract. Oh, their spouse died, and then they couldn't stand looking at the house anymore, so then they sold it, but that's the house they raised their kids in, but now it's gone, somebody else owns it. Or they got rid of all their spouse's clothes because they couldn't stand to look at it anymore, but now they want to reminisce and go back and look, and they want to be reminded of them. So you don't want to make any rash decisions when you're in an upset or emotional state. But if you're walking around it's just a simmering overwhelm, you're running around with this low-grade, maybe medium, or even high-grade level of anxiety, that's going to impair your ability to think clearly, to rationalize through your thought processes, and then come to good, healthy conclusions and decisions. So there definitely is a cost to being overwhelmed. It's not just something that's like, oh, I just got to learn how to deal with it. It definitely can dramatically affect how you operate in your everyday life if it goes unchecked. And remember that overwhelm is not something that you should allow to be normalized. And do take a little bit of time to think, am I really just struggling with overwhelm? Or maybe it is just an underlying sense of anxiety that I have. And whether it's anxiety or it is overwhelm, don't let it continue to affect all these different areas of your life for too long because then it gets harder and harder to work your way back from that. All right, guys, that's it from us for today. Remember, your mind is a powerful thing.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode and found it helpful. If so, would you take 30 seconds and share it with a friend? Also, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcast. It lights us up to know that this podcast
0: is helping you. If you have any questions or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group. Just click the link in the description below. Although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. If you are struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or feeling hopeless or suicidal, you are not alone. Help is available. Please seek professional help or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988.
1: Thank you again for joining us on Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. Remember, there's always hope and there's always help.